You're going to be late for your dinner date with your old college friend, Richard. I can't believe it. What, that Ellen has a date? No, that she went to college. <laughs> it's like she's been in there forever. Ellen, are you coming out or not? <laughs> yeah, Ellen, quit jerking us around and come out already! No! What? what is the big deal? I've got a whole hour. <laughs> I'm Allie. I'm Andy. And I'm Jeff. And this is Notable Nostalgia. We grew up immersed in 90s culture, and now that we're grown-ups, it's time to revisit everything we love from our childhoods. We'll be discussing a diverse set of topics, including movies, TV, and other pop culture highlights of the decade from an LGBTQ plus BIPOC perspective. So zip up that fanny pack, feed your Tamagotchi, and join us on our trip back to the 90s. Let's get nostalgic together. Happy June and happy Pride Month, Nostalgia Nerds. This is Notable Nostalgia, a 90s retrospective podcast. I'm Allie. I'm Andy. I'm Jeff. And today we are discussing the 1997 two-part episode from the sitcom Ellen, the puppy episode. And in honor of Pride Month, we're chatting up all kinds of TV, movie, and moments from the 90s that highlighted LGBTQ stories and characters. Now, there wasn't a much more monumental moment than this episode premiering in the 90s uh, when Ellen coming out. Would you agree? Yeah, this is like the gayest thing in the 90s, I think. <laughs> the gayest one? The gayest one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's the very first time a main character was gay in a show. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, especially like with a sitcom at least, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, a little bit about the episode itself. Uh, it premiered on April 30th, 1997. Uh, it's from season four, episodes 22 and 23. It had 42 million viewers at the wow. time. Um Another cool little fact I found was that the episode was directed by uh, Gil Younger, who also notably directed 10 Things I Hate About You huh. and a few other TV series and films. Um, so did either of you look into what in, went into making the episode before you watched it? Uh, I, I did a little research on, like, they had the idea, and then one of the executive the reasons called, like, the puppy episode is because they pitched the idea to the company, and some executive was like, well, we should just have her have a, get a puppy instead. Oh gosh! <laughs> I had no idea. I had no idea why they called it the puppy. Yeah, episode. yeah. Which has nothing to do with anything. But then the writers thought it was so like absurd and funny. They decided just to name the episode mm. that to keep it because it was yeah, so weird. Yeah, from what I heard, from what I gathered, it was like the the uh, the network was egging them on. Like Ellen hasn't dated anybody. This you know female lead needs to be dating someone, and. Um, you know they didn't. They wanted to bring up the gay thing, so like, well, then we'll just get her a puppy, like something cool. So yeah, that's kind of why. <laughs> I would have made more sense if I'm gonna go here. Yeah, uh, it would have made more sense if they would have called it the Kitty episode. Oh yeah, <laughs> but I had to. I, I did. Um, <laughs> so edgy. But I watched a clip montage on YouTube of like time prior to this of times where she alluded to being gay on the show, mm-hmm. and when she like bursted out of a closet. And like, I'm coming out of the closet, like yeah. that kind of thing. And I'm like, mm. just like looking at not, oh, that's kind of homophobic. Okay. Just looking at her, like, you know, she's gay. <laughs> but I guess that in history, that's the way it always yeah. been with like, what's his face? Uh, Paul Lynn on Bewitched or yeah. like you knew gay. Things, you just didn't you know. say it yeah. or you didn't want to say it or people didn't want to believe it, I guess, back at that time, even in the late nineties, which is just wild. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it was kind of obvious that Ellen was gay. And everyone kind of knew this was going to happen, so I think that's why they tuned in. 
and it's just really unfortunate the fallout from it. Oh, I remember watching the interview she had with Oprah, who was mm-hmm. on the on the episode, um, and that's a hard interview. Did you all watch that or I've seen, seen it? clips of it? I it's hard to interview. watch, but Ellen is so over the top composed. Um, speaking to the audience members that are so blatantly against her, and it's it was hard to watch. It is hard to watch, yeah. Like, about a year and a half ago, two years ago, I don't know, <clears throat> I was drinking with my buddy. I don't know what brought this up, but we were just talking about Ellen, and he was saying, and my buddy is a few years older than me, and he's like the middle child, so, his, you know, his, his mom's uh, older, but he told me that his mom loved Ellen, and then when this episode came out, she completely stopped watching. Yeah fucking crazy it. you know yeah. what i mean i just it's so weird like i don't know it's just messed up and there's uh <laughs> i guess i did do research i guess uh, i watched an interview around this time when she went on rosie o'donnell's show and that one was hard to watch too not because it was like hard hitting or anything but the fact that rosie was still technically i guess in the closet oh, yeah. pub- publicly and for her to have to dance around it was really like sad yeah to yeah see her friend and her fellow comedian get racked through the court whatever the fuck that term is rage through the coals there we go oh, come on okay. ursula <laughs> when i was doing a little bit of research so i didn't know that she was the only female comedian that johnny carson had sit down after her stand-up yeah kind of crazy he that's called her over, like come on over and tap yeah with the only wow. female ever yeah that's a good stand do you know that joke that she told on this is so sidebar it was like the like, god hello or yeah phone call to god or so whatever like, do you know the origin to that that joke uh-uh. it's super heartbreaking do you uh-huh. know it Mm-mm. so she was dating this girl and they went to a concert and they had a little like a tiff and the the girlfriend left early to go home and ellen you know what finished the concert got in the car her car was driving and there was like a big accident and the girlfriend died whoa and she just like struggled with that that like why take this like amazing human but have things like fleas or have mm. pests or whatever and that's how that like joke came that makes my like heart hurt yeah uh that's how that joke came to be unless you were a flea then you'd probably be like what yeah. the fuck Ellen? Like- <laughs> I think the joke is like like god created fleas right. or whatever to give people jobs or you know that kind of thing but that's, yeah, womp womp, not womp womp, but like, <laughs> we're going to switch gears back to happy. But that's a, that's a hell of an honor. For yeah. It's like, yeah. to earn Johnny Cushion's respect like that. It's weird that. to think that Al Jean might have been in the background writing 40. That's He's true. like, I gotta get 40 jokes Holy right cow. now. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, but this won an uh, Emmy for Outstanding Writing in a Comedy Series, um, but it's also just wild. So once it came out, sponsors immediately started pulling uh, advertising, and so it was canceled just a year later. But 16 months after this episode was released, Will and Grace premiered. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just kind of wild that this w- this had to take the beating that it did for others to, you know, yeah. fly, uh, thrive. I guess, like, you know, it was like Chrysler, Domino's, McDonald's. There's like, huge companies that pulled out. Yeah. And, yeah. uh... <laughs> Go there. <laughs> and then there were two companies that, like, there was a cruise liner that uh, focused on lesbians... And they try to buy the time, the you know, the advertisements with the 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 company that uh, ABC, whatever it was. They're like, no, we'd rather just not, yeah, like just to be safe, you know. So that's crazy. So it's weird because it's like a big heartless corporation. I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah, like it'll take money anywhere, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And I, I've never watched an episode of Ellen before. To this watching this one, it was same. It's really funny. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. 
So it's like just a bummer that it episode had to go. two way better than episode one. Episode one, I think, was I don't know. It was just it, the way it just she was had acting. to build everything up, right? Yeah, I think yeah. maybe that's what it was. There's such a build up, and I was like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But episode two, I had a few good laughs. I, I left a few times in episode one, but I liked episode two better. Well, you want to talk about it? Let's do it. All right. Our cold open starts with Ellen's friends waiting for her to come out of her room since she has a dinner date with her old college friend, Richard. Audrey yells, are you coming out or not? As the group eggs her on, she pops out asking, what's the big deal? I've got an hour. Next, we see Ellen and Richard together at dinner catching up. Richard, a TV reporter. Ellen, a bookstore manager. Susan, played by Laura Dern, interrupts, and she is portraying Richard's producer to tell them about a change in his schedule. Ellen insists she join them. Ellen and Susan hit it off. Even after dinner, they share an affinity for the movie Sling Blade and share impressions. Richard feeling a bit like a third wheel now. Oh, I love that part. But you know the, you know, the movie I really loved was uh, Sling Blade? Oh, right. mm. I reckon that's a pretty good movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I call it a Sling Blade. Most people call it a Kaiser Blade. I call it a Sling Blade. Shaped kind of like a banana. Mm-hmm. I love how he said banana. <laughs> I take it somebody in the movie talks like this? No. <laughs> so, intro. I think Laura Dern looks amazing. Um, I imagine she was a pretty big get for this episode. Is that the one that she clicks with? Yeah. Okay, I've seen her before. From where? Jurassic Park. Aha! Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this is, uh, this is after Jurassic Park, so I gotta yeah. imagine like, this is a pretty big deal. Well, yeah, after sure. she was in Blue Velvet, she was in Mask... She's she's wait the mask or no mask? mask like with share we've talked about this before but growing up and then you see mask on like your TV guy channel oh, and then yeah. you go there and you don't see Jim Carrey you're like, <laughs> definitely <laughs> different movies definitely yeah. different movies well like, this isn't nearly as funny as the other one yep um, <laughs> and we didn't mention it either with the fallout prior to reviewing but like Laura Dern was blacklisted for this doing this role oh which is yeah. really just messed up because she's a fantastic actress. The only reason I think she could have got blacklisted, spoiler alert, is the end of the second episode. We'll get there. We'll okay, get there. Yeah. But that's why she should have been blacklisted. <laughs> yeah, the, the intro was fun. That when she goes, uh, hurry up, you know, I have an hour. And I was like, oh, I like what they're doing there. I kind of like that meta kind of comedy that they're uh-huh. doing. So I liked it so far. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, yeah that's really good, too. Um, yeah, I was wondering, like, did they... Because I didn't really research before I watched it. I was like, did they know Ellen was gay? Like same in real life i wasn't so, sure either so yeah. that and it's meta again right there so mm-hmm. she kind of was hanging out with her friend from college and was like "Ooh, i see a hot woman well yeah so bye <laughs> but all right alan i mean he was i mean they set him up to be kind of boring well that's true right yeah yeah, yeah. okay i'll go with it <laughs> <laughs> would you think he was cute or something <laughs> Would I kick him out of bed? <laughs> no. No? <laughs> well, now I would, because I'm, I'm not, you know, if, you know, Jeremy left me, or we know. Oh, sure. You know. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Ellen and Richard hang out in his hotel room, still catching up, but Ellen brings up Susan. But Richard talks about how he'd like to date someone like Ellen. He starts to be vulnerable and nuzzles up to Ellen, asking if she's seen anyone, much to the awkwardness of Ellen. Ellen cuts things short and tries to leave, not without some tension, and on her way out, she catches Susan in the hallway, to which Susan invites her in her room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ellen and Susan start sharing more interest in their love for jazz. Ellen is clearly more comfortable around her. She lets Susan know Richard ca- uh, came on to her, and Ellen is questioning out loud why wouldn't she be into someone like him? He's successful and good-looking. She asks Susan why she wouldn't date him, to which Susan replies she doesn't date men. Ellen, taken aback, asks why, to which Susan confides that she's gay. 
Ellen becomes a bit uncomfortable and claims that she didn't know, but Susan uh, assumed Ellen knew because Susan thought Ellen was gay. Ellen becomes defensive over the statement, asking why Susan would think that she's gay, and Susan apologizes and says she gave off that vibe. Ellen, in denial, confirms she's straight and makes a bit of a scene. So let's hear that clip. Why would you, why, you th why would you think I was gay? Oh, wow, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I just kind of got that vibe. Vibe? <laughs> like a gay vibe? You know, like, like, <laughs> what, like I'm giving off some kind of gay vibration, you know? <laughs> gay, yeah, yeah. That's funny, yeah. No, I think, I think what you're uh, sensing is a very, very strong I like men vibe, and it's, uh, and it's, it's throwing you a little bit, so, you know, you're confused about that. Ellen, um, Ellen? Yes. Ice. Ice. Yes. I know. I like ice. Heterosexuals like ice. <laughs> wow. I, wow. I'm really sorry. What? I didn't... You know, here's, it's funny because, um... You know, I, I think I know what's going on is, uh, you, uh, you know, it's, it's not enough for you to be gay. You know, you've got to recruit others, you know? <laughs> I'll have to call national headquarters and tell them I lost you. <laughs> Damn, just one more and I would have gotten that toaster oven. What, what is that, gay humor? Because <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> um, first of all, the toaster oven joke was hilarious, I thought. Mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and we'll, we'll come around to that. Um... <clears throat> But I, I, I totally understand where Ellen's character is coming from here. I mean, prior to her coming out, face tons of denial, fear of being caught. It's terrifying being around somebody who's gay when you're in the closet. Yeah. Like, that's terrible. So I, you know, wouldn't have been as funny as Ellen was in that scene. But, <laughs> like, I remember that. Like, whenever I saw, like, one of my mom's, like, gay older friends who was, like, confident and stuff, I was so nervous around them because I didn't want to be outed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally get that. This is a really hard... I imagine this would be a really hard scene for someone in Ellen's position to pull off as well as she did, because you feel her anxiety, but she's also delivering a really funny scene as well. And I just... she's she's She was a fantastic uh, TV actor, Yeah, I feel like. Ellen, upon leaving Susan's, appears frustrated and states, I'll show her who's gay, and she heads back to Richard's room to kiss him. Now at the bookstore, Ellen's friends and co-workers are asking how things went, to which Ellen informs the group she went up to his room, and they immediately want all the juicy details. Ellen subtly tells them that they hooked up. Ellen describes the scene, and a reenactment takes place. Ellen grabs Richards and states, Men, 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 why do I love men so much? To the confusion of her friends. She then grabs him again and rips his shirt open, saying, Show me the money, baby. <laughs> they, then, they then share what she calls a well-earned smoke, to which her friends question that she doesn't smoke. Richard says, your passion knows no bounds. What is your secret? And Ellen replies that she's an expert in man-woman sex. The girl's turned on, but Joe is confused by the man-woman sex line. And let's just play that clip, because it's hilarious. Anyway, so we go into his room, and... Uh... Oh, men, men, men. Why do I love men so much? <laughs> said that yeah because i was just so turned on you know from him being a man and me not being one show me the money baby 
Show me the money? <laughs> I had seen Jerry Maguire the night before. Stop interrupting. Anyway, about two hours later, we're lying in bed and enjoying a well-earned smoke. <laughs> Ellen, you don't smoke. All right, all right. We were chewing gum. Ellen, that was incredible. Your passion knows no bounds. What's your secret? I guess I'm just a sucker for man-woman sex. I love you. Don't speak. I want you again. I want you in every room of this hotel. There are over 1,400 rooms in this hotel. Well, then I suggest less talk and more loving. Unbelievable. Awesome. Man, woman, sex? Um, so I think if I was watching this in real time, Joe would be my favorite character. I was just thinking that, yeah. He's Joe's so funny. funny. Yeah. That, that, that scene where they're like, she's starting to talk about things, and then Jeremy Piven's like, us guys don't need to hear this, right, Joe? And they're like, high five, and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, all right, give it to me. Yeah, I, I think, I forgot to say this last time, but originally before Ellen goes to the girls' room, I think she's drinking a Fruitopia. Remember Fruitopia? Oh my god. Yeah. You just see the big F, but there's a sticker over it. So I don't think they had the marketing, but that F looked, uh, you know, identical. So, But oh, yeah, okay. when she's like, I, I love the man-woman sex thing, that was pretty funny. <laughs> that was hilarious. I was so cracking up. I make a similar joke in the Al Jean episode about heterosexual sex. Like, I refer to... It's not the same joke, but it's uh-huh. quite similar. So Do when you... I rewatched, I was like, oh my gosh, I made a similar joke to that. <laughs> Without watching that one, I, like no, it was bef- yeah, it was before we watched yeah. it. We watched it, but it referring to like sex with a man and woman as like man woman sex. I didn't oh. say man woman sex, but I said anyways. I'm not saying Ellen <laughs> went to the future and hey, stole know. my joke and then went in the past and put it in. She's but... worth like three hundred million dollars. So. And time machines only cost twenty four million. But <laughs> okay, uh, so then is is the guy with the glasses gay? Joe, mm. I like he gives a gay vibe, right? Yeah, yeah. But the redhead guy is gay. Yes, and he has a boyfriend, but that's like a side character, so it's not like yeah. tabooish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, also too, at this point, there were side characters in TV that were gay, but yeah. not not the main, like Andy said. So and you know, it's funny. I didn't get any gay vibe from the Joe character. No, I didn't think so. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think he's just kind of fun. Yeah, you know, he's just like, the big wine shirt. And, and straight guys can be like gossipy and stuff yeah. too. Yeah. That was funny, though, because I never, you know, when you've heard gay vibe in the past, she goes, gay vibrations? Vibrations? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, that's hilarious. I never, yeah, I don't know, I thought that was funny. Um, but yeah, I thought this whole, this reenactment scene is, is freaking hilarious. Yeah. Next, Ellen is with her therapist, played by Oprah, and asks what really happened with her and Richard, but really is in a state of denial and is afraid of, uh, and is overcompensating and being too forward with Richard to where later she is seen at the end of the bed with tears in her eyes saying this has never happened to her before implying that she couldn't perform. Ellen confines to her therapist she lied to her friends, but changes the subject and asks what vibe she gives off. Her therapist drives the conversation, knowing Ellen is tense. Ellen discusses her dating history and, in denial again, states that she just hasn't been able to click with the right guy. Her therapist asks, has there been anyone that she's clicked with? Ellen replies, yes, to which her therapist asks, what's his name? And Ellen replies, somewhat nervously, Susan. So that's basically it. You know, no, no major problems, nothing pressing. 
What kind of vibe do you get from me? I'm sensing a little tension. That's right. Tense. Tension. I have tension. Yes, you can read vibes. Yeah, good. It's no wonder you have a degree on your... You do have a degree, don't you? Oh, Yale. Couldn't get into Harvard, huh? You made that same joke last session, Ellen. Is there something you want to talk about? Well, as a matter of fact, yes. Yeah, um, you know, you know what I hate. I'll tell you what I hate. I hate when people make assumptions about you. You know, uh, I mean, especially when when that you is me. It's not like I haven't had boyfriends. You know, just because I don't happen to have a boyfriend right now. You know, it's just I, I'm choosy. What's wrong with me? If, if I wasn't choosy, I'd be Mrs. Larry Gladstone, wife of my eighth grade boyfriend. There is nothing wrong with being choosy, Ellen. Right, exactly. And it's not like I'm looking for perfection, you know. I just, I just want somebody special, somebody, you know, that I, I click with. And obviously you didn't click with Richard. Has there ever been anyone you felt you clicked with? And what was his name? Susan. <laughs> Uh, so I thought it was kind of cool to see a sitcom normalizing therapy. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. that Especially is in the 90s. Like, yeah. It's really not a trope back then, I feel like. For sure. It was weird seeing Oprah back then. I was like, oh, dang. I was yeah, I was surprised. I was, yeah, oh, I no that's idea. Oprah. Yeah. And I, then I, I, was, I was like, is she a regular on the show? <laughs> but no, it makes yeah. sense. <laughs> well, because I guess she came out to Oprah before this came, before this episode on her show or something like that. Oh, was it, was it before or after? I thought before I could be wrong, and I, I know there was something about Time Magazine too, and I think that was before as well. I don't know. It says here it came out on the same date that it was broadcasted. Oh no way! Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. Talk about good advertising. <laughs> like, that's crazy. Yeah. Because um, yeah, so they they probably just like they probably filmed it and they're like, hey, let's go ahead and book you on my show. Yeah. Essentially. Huh. Yeah, because before then, I mean, without the internet, you know, people just walking down the street would see that Time Magazine cover and everything, too. Like, that's great, great marketing. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Oprah's a convincing therapist, too. Mm-hmm. For sure. 100%. I mean, she pretty much kind of does it on her show already, but... I've never watched an episode of Oprah. No? Not or even, Ellen. like, when you're homesick? Just, like... No, no. no. I was all about that Spin City. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Nah. I don't know. I think yeah. had, choosing her, Oprah, to be on it, like, probably, like, effed with a lot of people that don't believe in homosexuality at the time, but were worshipped, quote-unquote, Oprah. Yeah. I didn't look into it either, like, how, how much how much crap Oprah got. I had watched an interview recently, because it was, like, an anniversary of that episode, and Oprah was on Ellen's show, and she got a lot of, like threats and and horrible stuff nothing compared to like the amount of like even death threats that like ellen got yeah she got a bomb threat their studio one time they had to evacuate they got it i mean that's i mean that's not including like the probably thousands of thousands of you know letters and that fucking asshole that pat who's that uh tv pastor donahue or something yeah some of those i don't know some of them they kept calling him uh ellen or she kept or they kept calling robinson robertson pat robinson oh from the 700 club yeah Yeah, they were like uh, ellen degenerate and they're like they're trying to turn turn everybody gay and stuff like fucking assholes i think they're still alive too anyway he is still alive unfortunately but mca dies at like 42 but this fucker's still alive just saying 
Back at Ellen's place, there's a message from Richard. He unfortunately has to head out of town. Ellen asks her friends if she should chase the plane on its way out, and they say go to the airport as she heads there. At the airport, Ellen finds Richard but asks where Susan might be. Richard wants to talk about last night, to which Ellen plays it off and kisses Richard goodbye. She finds Susan and begins to talk about their time in the room, and to put it short that she does get the joke about the toaster oven. Susan asks if she is trying to say what she thinks she's saying, but Ellen is reluctant to state it. Ellen clearly has never said it and appears to be coming to terms in real time. She builds up and leans into Susan and says the words, I'm gay, but as she leans over, she leans into the intercom, telling everyone in the airport. Ellen, assuming Susan has to board the plane uh, too, says goodbye, but Susan says she's not leaving and insists they get coffee. This is, this is so hard, but I, 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 I think I've realized that I am... I can't even say the word. Why can't I say the word? I mean, why can't I just say... I mean, what is wrong? That why, why do I have to be so ashamed? I mean, why can't I just say the truth? I mean, be who I am. I'm 35 years old. I'm so afraid to tell people. I mean, I just... Susan, I'm gay. <laughs> great that felt so great and it felt so loud <laughs> and so this is pretty much how part one ends so uh ellen has come out the big moment crowd goes insane like i was isolating clips and like the amount of screaming and hollering oh, right. after she says it is like it's like a minute i felt so like when she was building up to and she's like why can't i say it i'm 35 i was just like mm-hmm. oh my like i felt so sad and but then I was also like, come on, you can do it. <laughs> and I knew she was going to do it, but I was still like, come on, like, it's yeah. crazy. And I knew it was going to happen, but, and then she said, I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, it was like a big relief, so. That was intense. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough moment, for sure. I think I want to save maybe the coming out story for the next episode. Yeah. Just because I think there's a more poignant coming out scene, but. Um, I don't know. I thought it was a cool way they did it. Like she, like <laughs> in her most vulnerable moment, had to relieve the the comedy, she says it in front of the whole, right. the whole, uh, air, the whole uh, airport. Yeah, yeah. It's sad that thirty five is what she said. Mm-hmm. It's so sad, like having to hold that. Right? I'm sure some people still to this. I know some people to this day yeah. never come out, but thirty five years of carrying that weight and that anxiety. That's heartbreaking. Yeah, I can imagine. That's I was like, fuck, yeah. I'm 35. I can't just say what I want to say or be who I want to be. I'm like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. And at a time when it's even harder to come out. Right. Right. Yeah. So that wraps up part one. Uh, so we'll just go right into the review of part two. The episode opens with Melissa Etheridge performing a ditty that she wrote in Ellen's honor. Next, Ellen is at the store shopping and bumps into the clerk asking how, how much the melons are. The clerk is played by Billy Bob Thornton in a reference to the Sling Blade from uh, Part 1. He tells her there's a special just for lesbians and she should stock up. Next, the uh, intercom comes on and stating that there's a gay woman in aisle 5 as another lesbian walks by and says, I think he means you. (laughs) The scene plays out with more lesbian references and jokes. And let's just hear that whole sequence. Excuse me, how much are those melons? Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I, I, uh, I had something caught in my throat. Uh, generally, they're 89 cents a pound, but we're running a special this week uh, for lesbians. 59 cents a pound. You might want to stock up. Attention shoppers. 
Red tank special in aisle two. Gay woman in aisle five. I think he means you. Ellen, did you see they're having a special on melons? Would you like to try one of our new granola bars? They're the perfect snack, whether you're on the go or in the closet. Ellen! Ellen! Over here. So, if you're a lesbian, 29? Excuse me? 11, 29. Please. Okay. Would you like paper or plastic, ma'am? Uh, paper. Ma'am. That's nice to hear. Thank you very much. Thanks. Ma'am, you need some help loading that in your gay car? So, also in this clip, we have Demi Moore, Gina Gershon, uh, and Dwight Yoakam. Uh, I just thought this whole scene was so funny. Mm. I forgot all about that little sling blade thing from episode oh, sure. one. So when I saw Dwight Yoakam, I was like, why in the fuck did I... <laughs> I, was... I, I just... <laughs> Anybody else, I wouldn't have been... Like, I was so confused. I'm like, yeah. why did they get Dwight Yoakam? My mind was just going, I'm like, is he gay? Does did, does he know Ellen? I had And I was like, oh, because that first episode... But I watched it. I didn't watch him back to back. Oh, okay. So I watched episode one one gotcha. day and then episode two the other day. <laughs> and he could have punched me in the mouth and I would not... I would have been more surprised by Dwight Yoakam. It was crazy. <laughs> I just love it. He's like, can I help you load that into your gay car? <laughs> <laughs> I like those types of jokes. <laughs> They're good. I don't like Sling Blade, sidebar. I saw it when I was a kid. I remember I, I laughed yeah. really hard when like Dwight Yoakam's all drunk and he's mad at his friend in the wheelchair and he goes, get out of here, and he, he pushes him right into the wall. Oh, my so God. It's not a comedy, though. No. no. So don't go in that thinking it's going to be funny. Yeah, you need to write a review saying that. Right, yeah. But, I, I love mean, seeing Gina Gershon. Gershon. Yeah. But she just came off of doing Bound, which is an amazing movie. Oh, yeah. Sidebar, Jennifer Tilly. Yeah. She's beautiful. She's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, but this scene was cracking me it up. Was, yeah, like, I was did. dying laughing. Because I wasn't sure what was going on at first. Like, Same. Because, like, she's on the, like, she's on, she's standing in one place, but everything's moving around her. So, like, it was, it wasn't, like, clear that it was a dream sequence just yet, but. And I think it was, like, a, was it a fisheye lens, I think, if I remember correctly? Like, sure. the camera angle? Yeah. yeah. I remember, it, I was like, what's happening here? And then yeah. White Yoakum was like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I gotta imagine, like, I, I, I don't know if she was friends with Billy Bob or just, like, I, I wonder how they, uh, approach them to get him and Dwight Yoakam on there. So, yeah. I don't know if Dwight Yoakam was hurting or not, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Ellen uh, is back with her therapist and asks if the dream uh, means anything. Her therapist lets her know that if she continues to hold her secret, it will be overbearing. She asks Ellen when she first realized she was gay, as Ellen lifts off numerous times, but her therapist asks why she held onto her secret for so long, to which Ellen states she wanted a normal life and to be happy. Her therapist lets her know that she can have normalcy, but it won't be easy. Ellen is afraid of the possible discrimination, but is preaching to the choir a bit here. Her therapist insists that she tells her friends. But you've kept it to yourself and never acted on it. And why do you think that is? I don't know. I guess I thought if I just ignored it, you know, it would just go away and I could just live a normal life. And what is a normal life, Ellen? I don't know. Normal. I mean, just... Same thing everybody wants. I want a, a house with a picket fence, you know, a dog, a cat, Sunday barbecues, someone to love, someone who loves me. 
someone I can build a life with. I just, I just want to be happy. And you think you can't have these things with a woman? Well, society has a pretty big problem with it, you know? I mean, there are, there are a lot of people out there who think people like me are sick. Oh, God, why did I ever rent personal best? <laughs> you can't blame this on the media, Ellen. I got a clip there. Um, I did like this sort of meta, can't blame, <laughs> you can't blame this on the media joke from Oprah. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, I was going to ask you, Jeff, is there any relative experiences here for you? Like, did you, before coming out, like, to, to people, like, did, did you have to talk to it about, to, with somebody? Did you, did you have any therapy or anything like that? No, I didn't have any therapy regarding that. Um... What's the question? Like, who I spoke to first about yeah, it? Yeah, like, or, or just, like, like, yeah, how did you build up to coming out to the mo most important people? I think the first person I, like, for sure came out to was my best friend, Keelene. Mm -hmm. And I would constantly be, like, um, oh, I want to look like this guy, or I think I might have shared this before. I want to look like that guy, and she turned to me. We were in sixth or seventh grade. She's like, you don't want to look like them. You want to fuck them. Because she always saw me dating, like, dating, quote-unquote, in, like, middle school girls. Mm -hmm. And it blew her mind that people would think that... I don't know, did you think I was gay when you first met me? Uh, no, you knew me, first met, But yeah, when we were hanging out, yeah, a lot, yeah. I, I was like, I'm pretty sure Jeff's gay, but, you know, I was like, it's up to him to whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, but then, like back then, probably kids didn't ask other kids, like, yo, are you gay? I That's my impression of Andy. Apparently. <laughs> hey, yo, uh, no, I wouldn't ask anybody, even as an adult. Like, yeah, that's like another thing about me too. <laughs> Sorry, to say, oh, you're fine. <laughs> you. but, but like, if somebody has like a hard thing going on in their life, like let's say they get divorced or something, I'm never gonna bring it up. If somebody wants to talk about something, I'll definitely be here to talk. Yeah. but I never one time I don't bring it. I'm just so afraid of like hurting people's feelings. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, do you want to talk about this? Because I don't like to talk about anything personal. So, and looking back, like I think my mom. Well, not look, I think, but she clearly knew I was gay from, like, the get-go, because she would always be like, if any of my kids were gay, I'd want them to let them know that they're safe talking to me about it. Yeah. And, like, it's just me and her in the room. And, and she'd be like, let's, she, she'd be, she needs to be on an episode. She's fucking amazing. And she would be like, let's watch Rocky Horror. And, and she had a lot of gay friends, because um, if you meet her, she's body glitter on her boobs and stuff. Um, not, that's another stereotype, but it, it works with her. And a lot of her friends were like, let him come out when he's ready, blah, blah, blah. And one day we were at Subway and she just like couldn't handle it anymore. So she like told me, I was, like, she was like, I know you're gay kind of mm -hmm. thing. Cause she wanted to, I don't know about the question, I'm off tangent, but, um. How old were you? Oh gosh. Like late teenage years. Yeah. Yeah. And she wanted to know, she knew it was getting closer and she wanted to make sure that she had that security before like my other side of the family found out um so i thought that was cool and then um and then my sister like we played barbies together and my sister always knew too would your mom but, said that to you did you feel relief or were you kind of worried or how, what was that like scared like like not scared but like that uh butterfly feeling when mm. she was telling me like how it was <laughs> and then 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 relief because i went to work right after oh, nice. and then i felt freer um what'd you get from subway 
Uh, probably the Italian herbs and cheese nice. toasted. And I get the onions and the green peppers toasted um, with the bread. I always prefer that, but I'm too afraid to ask. So I'm like, no, it's fine. Thank you. Are we allowed to go to Subway because of the Jared thing? I thought of a hilarious skit about that. Like, I'm in a band. And uh, I'm like, hey, everybody, I know we've been thinking about a name. <laughs> um, and, you know, we're uplifting. We want to uplift people. So I kind of took the liberty. I bought a bunch of shirts. <laughs> I got a bunch of hats. Jared Fogel experience. <laughs> God. And they're like, what? And this is the day after all that stuff came out. Like, I'm like, what? He did what? <laughs> I spent like $1,000 on shirts. I can, what am I going to do with these now? Oh my God. <laughs> but, I, I need there to be like a magazine for like the liberal movement so I can know where to shop and where not to shop because I forget so much. But anyways. Yeah. Scoop! <laughs> um, but I always got another thing about gay is... Um, I had a lot of people in school ask me, and obviously they didn't care, like, yeah. about my feelings or anything. They just wanted to know, because, and then, if you're listening, fuck you. Um, anyways. <laughs> I, uh, oh, are you friends with her? No, no, no. Wait, she, was she the president of GSA? No, no. What was her name? They elected, uh, sorry, it's not nothing against straight people, but they elected a straight person. <laughs> Come straight on. Guy, straight yeah. Yeah. We were, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess, like, you know, but. When we were freshmen? Oh, I don't know. I didn't go. Oh, wait. That was another thing. I'm all over the place because this subject, <laughs> like, even though I'm super gay and, like, you know, proud and stuff like that, reminisce, like, putting myself back in those sh- teenage Jeff shoes does make me, like, uncomfortable, I think. Mm-hmm. Um,. But I remember going to GSA, Gay Trade Alliance, which is really progressive for, like, what, the early 2000s, I suppose. But there was for maybe... For a conservative town. Yeah. 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 And there was maybe, like, five, six people that went. Most of them were straight. Um, I went a few times in the freshman year, and I was like, well, no, I'll check it out. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, and I remember walking down the hallway to the classroom, and then, like, when I got to the classroom, then I make, like, a sharp pivot to mm-hmm. go into the classroom because I didn't want anyone to see that I was going in there. And then I remember, flash forward, like, a year later, my sister was graduating because she was, like, eight, uh, two years older than me. And we were sitting in the bleachers, and the lady, um, not the teacher, but, like, the kind of, like, the parent organizer of the GSA sat literally right next to me mm. and my family's on this side and like my more conservative side of the family and i was so scared shitless <laughs> because she was kind of an overbearing sweet lady but very mm-hmm. overbearing and i just pictured her reaching her hand across mm-hmm. like hi i'm so-and-so from gay straight Alive. yeah oh she my was God. trying to win that toaster yeah and i was so <laughs> terrified but anyways that's I, kind I, of i remember fun. wanting to like be a part of the gay straight alliance but couldn't couldn't bring myself to do it so yeah, I just, I don't know. I just never cared. Okay. Yeah. It's whatever. I mean, yeah, I didn't care, but, like, my dad taught at the high school. Oh, And sure. so, like, yeah. I couldn't, like, I felt like I couldn't be a part of it without issues, I guess. Like, because they would think that you were gay? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Like, I thought people would think I was gay. Like, I couldn't do drama. Like, I didn't do drama club. I loved drama. Yeah, and I really wanted to. I, yeah. I was an orchestra, but. So. You were not, you weren't afraid to go there, like, if, but you're, no. you've always, at least on the surface, always been a very, like, outgoing, yeah. confident person, mm-hmm. but... And Iggy Pop, when I was, yeah, I, I love Iggy Pop, but one of the things, when I was young, I saw him in an interview and he was wearing a dress, and then he goes, oh, I don't think it's shameful to wear, I don't think it's shameful to be a woman, so I don't care dressing like a woman. 
So I've always like, I don't think it's bad to be gay. So I don't care if anybody thinks I'm gay. So I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, it's just like, it's what it's it awesome. is. I remember I had this, uh, and we can edit this, but I had this, uh, assuming he's straight, but a straight guy friend growing up that I was close with. And he, we never had that conversation, even though we listened to Jewel, but whatever. Um, <laughs> not saying that you're gay if you listen to Jewel, but like, we, we were really close and we never had that conversation, but he clearly knew I was gay because I remember when I w- would, we would walk back to his house and if his dad was home, he kind of signaled to me with like one, a one sentence, like keep it together kind of thing, like mm. calm it down kind of thing. He didn't mean it in a mean way, yeah. but he knew that like his dad was a very close minded person. Mm. So, mm. but I, I don't know. I appreciate that he still hung out with me because yeah. in high school or middle school or whatever, if you came out, you probably lose a lot of friends. At least back in our day, where we oh lose. easily right yeah. yeah yeah especially if it wasn't like obvious either. It was pretty, like I dated in high school. Yeah yeah, I can give you a list. <laughs> <laughs> I got off yeah. working well, at Arby's. We didn't really know each other in high school, even though we went to the same high school. I didn't talk to you? I don't know. I don't remember us talking in high school. Huh. Which is kind of sad. Oh. When but did we get together? I think Rocky Horror. Rocky Horror? Yeah. I feel like I knew you Because you and Maria then. were tight. Okay, that's but how I got Maria was you. like, my friend Jeff. I'm like, I, I think I know who Jeff, like, I remember Jeff, but not, like, we didn't, I don't think we ever connected. Oh. So. Well, there we go. Now we are. Yeah, now we're joining our new, this is the new GSA. <laughs> yeah, what's up, guys? And straights and allies. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, all right, moving on. Uh, as she's setting up snacks for friends, she comes out to her uh, friend Peter, who's also gay, uh, played by the great Patrick Bristow, and he tells her he's proud of her. She questions whether or not this is a good idea coming out to the group, but Peter tells her about uh, his coming out to his parents and how he told them. But after kindergarten, they were 100% behind him. Ellen's friends arrive as she pounds some white wine. Peter informs the guests Ellen has something she would like to tell them. Ellen awkwardly tries to broach the subject but struggles. Her friends uh, badger her to get to the point. Her friends assume it's about Richard, and she uses it as an out. As the group leaves, Peter yells, For God's sakes, Ellen, tell them you're gay, and immediately is regretful for outing her. Ellen confirms that she's gay, and her friends are in a bit of a shock, but ultimately show their support, some in positive ways, some a bit reluctant. Joe asks Ellen if she is sure that this is what she wants, to which she affirms yes. He then tells everyone to pay up as he just won a bet. Okay, um, well, I've, I've realized recently that I, uh, have, uh, f- strong feelings for someone, um, romantic feelings. Ooh, I have goosebumps. <laughs> I think I know where this is going. No, I don't think you do. Uh, uh I, I feel like I need your support right now. Oh, you got it. Well, of course we support you. Yeah. I mean, Richard sounds like a great guy. Yeah, yeah he is. He's, uh, he's, he's great. So, so thanks for stopping by. This was a lot of fun. Okay. For God's sake, don't tell him you're gay. So I feel like this was probably the most sitcom way of coming out, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's all this tension and then someone blurts it out, right? Which is... Kind of not really like if you're if you have a friend who's gay and is coming out like you definitely should not do that, but I feel like this was at least for that time like this made the most sense to drive the episode probably. I don't know. How did you feel about it? 
I don't know. Maybe the the friend could read the room enough that like yeah. we're, we're going to rip you out. You're having a hard time. Let's rip the bandit off. You're you're safe. Sure. Kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. For some people, I know it's just really personal, and like mm-hmm. you know, if they're not ready, then they don't want to do it. But oh, yeah, I'm against like pulling people out of the closet. Yeah. <laughs> but like I'm not I'm that, not going to do that. In that moment, it made sense to you. Yeah. Yeah. Like I wouldn't be as like intense as like my mom was, but like which <laughs> has, it worked for her in that situation. It's risky. Yeah. Every year. That's a good yeah. way to say it. Um. Yeah, but this this was a good scene. I think it was good that they had, um, you know, some friends were really supportive. Some were just kind of, like, kind of awkward about it. Like, you could tell that, um, what's the one's friend's name? Oh, Paige. Paige, thank yeah. you. Paige was a little kind of weird about it. Um, but no one was outright, like, I'm not your friend anymore kind of thing. So, but I, but yeah, just, I don't know. It just felt like very sitcom any thoughts? Sorry. No, I, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you there because yeah. like, she was so hesitant and be weird if she was just like, oh, no, I'm not. Now I can tell people. So, yeah, I think they had to kind of do something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any, any coming out stories for you? Anything like awkward or? A lot of the, the, the bet part, not, no one did that in my life, but there was a lot of people that said like, oh, I knew that. Yeah. Or saw that coming. I was going to ask, like, do you remember Andy, like, when you first knew about gay, like gay, like homosexuals or transgenders or, or like when um, you first, or one of the first memories you have not, of them? Not really. I can't, it's just, no, not, I can't, I just, no, I remember the first time I found out I wasn't black, <laughs> but I just always, in my head, I always knew about gay people. I don't, I can't think of the time when yeah, I was like, a oh, time that was like. I don't. There was never a impressionable, impressionable moment that someone told you that this was bad. No, and I think just good. Yeah, because my dad moved around so much as a kid to where you know, and then he was. So one reason I bring that up is because I think a big part when you move around a bunch, you get out of your core circle of people, and then you just start meeting all these new people. So then him raising me without being homophobic or anything, and then same with my mom. You know, if we saw it on TV or whatever, it was just. It's just a story about these two people. Mm -hmm. I didn't really think anything like, oh, what? You know what I mean? I don't know. I never never thought about it. At least least that I can remember. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you have a moment that was like the first recognition of this is bad? That it was bad? Yeah. Or just like it's not natural or not normal or... The... Just the the, idea of someone being gay. The... I don't know if this is specific, but in sixth grade... I don't know for sure this before, probably not because this is heartbreaking, but um, I was in drama class because we had electives, you know, and we were in drama class. And I recently reconnected with our drama teacher, Miss Diaku. I and remember her. I sent yeah. her a long message about a year ago, but she was emotional, like really upset. And it was right after Matthew Shepard was murdered. And I knew she knew that I was gay. I knew it. But, um, but she probably shouldn't have went into detail with her sixth grade class on like what happened, but she did. Yeah. Um, and that was the moment that I realized, like, oh, I can be killed for this. Mm-hmm. And that, like, scared me. Yeah, for me, I was, I don't know, I don't know how old I would have been, but it would have been right around the time that this song came out. But, um, it, when I'm driving around in the, in, with my dad, and we pretty much always listened to what he wanted to listen to, but occasionally, like, if I could change it to, like, a radio station I wanted to listen to, um, and so, like, Blister in the Sun is playing by the oh, Violent Femmes. Great song. And so, great song, yeah. And so, me as a kid, hearing this song, 
maybe for the first or third or second time or whatever uh is enjoying it and my this is the first time i do like kind of like was told like this is not okay but my dad like turns down the music and then says you know this song's about faggots right and i'm just like um what <laughs> like to me this is just a song that's right. really good and you know being uncomfortable he just doubles down he's like well yeah he says like big man big hands i know he's the one and all this stuff i'm just like okay can we just listen to the song right, but yeah. like you know in that moment i'm told that this is definitely not okay because this person you know my dad is telling me like this is don't you know don't be that way so i uh i remember being in fifth grade i remember i used to argue politics with people so i've always been like i always read a bunch of shit mm -hmm. and so even before that i remember <laughs> doing a lot of research about hitler which sounds crazy and I, I i remember knowing that hitler was bad just you know just like he killed everybody i knew so i'm trying to piece this together as a kid and then i knew that he would kill gay people so i wonder if maybe that's when my first inclination was like oh, bad people are anti-gay maybe or something maybe. i don't know yeah, yeah. I, I don't i'm trying to think of this i can't i do remember my dad saying that he felt like his brother is gay but he is never able to come out because his, his brother's like 16 years older than my dad or something mm. like that so now he would be how old is my dad like 50 i'm like he'd be 50 my dad's like 51 or 52 so he would be almost 70 and he was always my uncle's always really or he is really weird and really like nervous and shy and my dad's like i think he was gay but he just never could tell anybody he didn't know how to you know because catholic family and everything so yeah is he still alive if you don't mind me asking yeah no, he's still alive yeah He's still really awkward. <laughs> like, family get-togethers, like, it would be Christmas, and he would just kind of get up, and then he would just go on, like, a three-hour walk, because he was, like, too nervous to be around people mm -hmm. and shit, so it's, I don't know, crazy. Yeah. That's why, like, I think it's so important to, with all pioneers or people that came before, like Ellen, um, to appreciate them. Like, like, my life hasn't been as difficult as, you know, at least in homosexuality. Like, yeah. As, like, I, I didn't go through, you know... I guess maybe that's so anecdotal that, like, I just happened to be lucky in this well, that I had, like... Yeah, I, I mean, it's, yeah, that or region, like, growing yeah. up in the Northwest, we had a little more, I don't know, have a little more privilege than folks maybe growing up in the South or mm -hmm. even another country where this is condemned, so... Yeah, or I guess, like, you know, there's so many shows where there's gay characters, even, like, Shit's Creek, they don't even address that he's yeah. gay. And, but at the same time, while we've progressed so much, there are so many, I forget the number, like, 26, I think... Um, states that it's illegal, sodomy is illegal. Well, that's the only way for like same-sex couples to consummate their marriage. So therefore, yeah. it's illegal to be gay. Yeah. Uh, so we're not that far. Yeah, yeah we are, but we're not. Right? Yeah. yeah. Progress is like never straight. You know what no. I mean? Well, hey. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Progress is always messy. You know, yeah. like I feel like you know, yeah, we we might be getting good on this one thing, but then we're gonna take a right turn over here, and that might bring something back. You know, so it's always yeah, yeah it's weird. Um, but to bring it back to Ellen a little bit, like maybe there was a lot of people who really admired her mm -hmm. and enjoyed her comedy, and maybe didn't, maybe it just wasn't obvious to them that she was gay. For her to come out, maybe that helped normalize it for them. Yeah. Maybe it was the exact opposite, but at least, you know, it is one of those things, like you mentioned a little earlier, it's like, now I know somebody who's gay. Like, I can identify that, and mm -hmm. it's important. Yeah. Okay, shall we get back into this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so next, this is after Ellen coming out. At the bookstore, Ellen is showing Susan the uh, her bookstore and introducing her to her friends. Over some coffee, Susan informs Ellen that she's already seen someone, but didn't tell her up front. 
Ellen, feeling led on, insists there is some chemistry, and Susan says she's been in an eight-year relationship. Susan decides to part ways, clearly with some regret and pity for Ellen, and on her way out, she tells Ellen she thinks she's amazing, leaving Ellen heartbroken. At a lesbian coffee house, the gang is waiting for Ellen to arrive, letting each other know that they need to cheer her up after Susan left her in the dumps. They begin to discuss Ellen, some in disbelief and others trying to see the signs. Spence, played by Jeremy Piven, looks back and questions she might have been uh, since she was more athletic than him, to which Joe replies, did you ever wonder if you were gay? Uh, Ellen arrives and is approached by a woman played by singer Katie Lang, to which Ellen insists that she uh, just came out and is not ready to date, to which the woman replies that she'll be her server. Uh, Ellen is un- <laughs> I, I laughed pretty hard. It was funny. Part, yeah. <laughs> uh, Ellen's uncomfortable as her friends make comments and uh, prod her a bit. Now you guys remember, when Ellen gets here, it is our job to cheer her up because Susan dropped her like a gay hot potato. I still can't believe that Ellen is gay. Well, I always thought for a while she might be. I mean, even as a kid, she could uh, throw a football farther than me, you know? Climb a tree faster, always beat me in arm wrestling. Did you ever think maybe you were gay? <laughs> house you've been living in our world now we want to experience your world since when did my world become a lesbian coffee house hi i'm janine listen janine hi i i just realized i'm gay so i'm not really ready to start dating or anything oh good for you i'm your waitress so somehow i missed this but i guess kathy najimi is in the audience in the bar some somewhere uh, Kathy Najimi, she's uh, from like Hocus uh, Pocus and yeah. uh, Sister Act. Oh, weird. Yeah, I thought it was, I was just like, oh, oh, she's credited and she's in that scene. Um, but um, what do you think of this little this little part? This, the, this, I love Katie Lang. Katie Lang's amazing. So that's right? really awesome. That was cool. Yeah. Um, the scene was just kind of awkward. I feel like because Ellen's just like, ever like. I've been I've been in this sort of position too, where like people think they know what you want now that they know this about you, mm-hmm. and so like like if when I came out as trans, like oh well, let's go to a drag show. I'm like, well, that doesn't you know that's not the same thing, right? And so you know, I felt like Ellen was kind of thrown into this situation, like we're gonna put you out into this entire lesbian you know thing, yeah. where she's like kind of not like mm-hmm. hey, let me adjust. So I felt like that was just kind of kind of an awkward scene. I, they ended it well with like the the lesbian woman's gonna hit on Paige, or yeah. really, so, but I don't know. I just felt like it was, I could feel sort of the awkwardness for Ellen in that scene. I understand like the giving, like Ellen projecting all of this like love or all of this like thirty five years of pent up feelings towards Laura Dern's character. Mm-hmm. So I remember that like I had a crush on somebody hard when I was like really like coming yeah. out. To myself and everything, and I'm like, oh, he was no good. Like he was a, he was a, he was a bugaboo, <laughs> and he was or a scrub to another '90s <laughs> reference or early 2000s. But um, but I get that. But um, I do think Laura Dern. I know this is not reality. Yeah. But she could have let Ellen know during their mini conversations yeah. during Susan this few. Could have. Is that her name? Yeah, the character's name is Susan. Oh, I'm so bad with that. Like, it's, okay. <laughs> it's Laura Dern. It's Jurassic Park yeah. lady. Um, <laughs> But I think it's interesting, like not to like over criticize it or, or critique it, uh-huh. but like 
to like segue like back to like slut shaming let's they just like kind of slut shame a uh, page character a little bit um like, yeah oh even yeah, in a, a game bar yeah yeah, slut. <laughs> yeah like <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think the line is something's never changed yeah right That's... yeah um yeah and it, it, it overall like these two episodes like fly by mm-hmm. yeah. so i mean this could easily have been a four-part episode or something like they could have maybe dragged on maybe a couple more episodes where like maybe susan and ellen are kind of dating you know they do um i think it's the next episode or the one after that when she like deals with her parents oh okay yeah so they, it definitely is like a storyline for a little like, but it story just feels like man it's so fast and so yeah and i don't know if they just felt like they had to get like all these either stereotypes or tropes just out of the way so they could kind of normalize the character but Every time I watch sitcoms, I always like to look at the seating chart, just because you know they have to do it because of the audience and the cameras and everything. Yeah. So when they're in the coffee shop, it's just they're all sitting like in an L. Like yeah, I don't know. I just like, and no matter what, no sitcom, one sits like that. Or, yeah. Nobody, yeah. <laughs> or like so Golden Girls weird. is like the worst because like the three right? younger ones are sitting there. There's an empty table, but the mom is sitting. Sophia is sitting at the at the little kitchen yeah. island. Do you two ever watch Arrested Development? Yeah. The guy who created that, Mitch, whatever his last name is, he got to start writing for Golden Girls. Oh. Yeah, and that's why I think I like those shows so much. Cause and Portia de Rossi is lesbian with, or just is... Married. Married to... <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, we just made a connection. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> but, um, yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, I, it was good that they got notable lesbians, too, to be a part of this, like... Every time you say notable, it's Christ, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like but like Katie Lang, Melissa Etheridge. Yeah. Um, it's cool that they had uh, Demi Moore because she was quite the like, yeah, star at the time. Yeah, and I I barely even noticed that she was in that scene too. Yeah, I know Dwight Yoakam just kind of stole that. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, uh, to end the episode, Ellen's just back with uh, her therapist, uh, a bit relieved, and they say their goodbyes. And then to cap off the episode, uh, Susan brings Ellen to meet Melissa Etheridge, and Ellen has to fill out a bunch of forms, and then Susan receives her toaster oven, so to go back, to call back from episode one. So. That's why I love, okay, so I said bar, love Melissa Etheridge, I've seen her six times, I've touched her once, <laughs> love Melissa Etheridge to death. Um, but I like the fact that the show did, the two episodes de- dove into like the stereotypes, mm-hmm. because if we, the marginalized group, can laugh and steal your jokes. Yeah. You're no longer you no longer have that against us yeah. anymore. I think that's one of the reasons I was so not to toot my own horn like funny when I was younger. Because if I could laugh, then the bullies couldn't laugh at me. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, uh, 24 years later, um, any any final thoughts on the episode? No, I think it still holds up. I mean, all if yeah. you just added a smartphone, you couldn't really tell it was from the nineties. Yeah, they don't that's, do any that's weird pretty stuff, fair. So, yeah. It could be anybody who's trying to come out today mm-hmm. and is just afraid to. Yeah, um, yeah. And overall, like I like I really enjoyed the episode. Like I was laughing a lot. I, I got invested in those characters. Like now, I want to see more episodes because Joe cracks me up. Yeah, um, it's gonna yeah. be tough. Did you ever watch Malcolm in the Middle? Yeah. Because he was in that. Yeah. I, like I love him. Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah. That show was really show. funny. Was that in the 90s? No. Ah. 2000s. Um, Maybe once we get through all the topics. Yeah. <laughs> 10 years from now. We'll, <laughs> yeah. We'll start the 2000s. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just thought it was a good episode. And, um, you know, as we talked in the beginning of the episode, really monumental part of the 90s, too. 
I want to say something, but I think it might be offensive. Well, we can edit it out. Okay, we'll see. Yeah. I was thinking at you the end... You just yelled Edward. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was thinking, um, like, not taking away from her experience, but if it, it couldn't have been a transgender... It, I don't. Yeah. I, I don't think it could have been a person of color. I think that... I don't think that's offensive. I mean, I think it just shows a part of the times. Like, yes, the world was not ready for... The world clearly wasn't ready for a lead female character to be gay, right? Yeah. Um, and even then, I and before they would be ready for um, a lesbian character, uh, uh, a gay man coming out would not have been cool either, right? Like, yeah. it probably wouldn't be cool even after this because it took. I what well, I don't know. Like, I mean, I mean, like, I guess yes. Will and Grace kind of started, and like the characters openly gay, but n- nowhere was like someone had to be felt like they were led on, like this person wasn't gay, you know, beforehand, so. Yeah, you knew what you were purchasing. Yeah. But also there wasn't, like, a same-sex kiss for, like, several episodes. Right. Or several seasons, I mean. Yeah. And also, you know, Grace was shown in bed with multiple men. Will never was. Right. So there was that. Yeah, so, you know, the world wasn't ready for a lesbian white woman, so, yeah, clearly a transgender woman or person coming out wouldn't be would definitely not have flown back then. I mean, that was during a time when, when on Maury they were doing like, is it a man or is it a woman? <laughs> you know, like bullshit like that. And so Never. Jerry Springer bullshit. So. Well, even uh, Will and Grace, I speak to other people around our age and we all feel that same kind of like, um, it was almost like watching something inappropriate when like our parents would be changing the channel mm-hmm. and Will and Grace came on. Like, I really wanted to watch it, but at the time we only had one TV no, so, yeah, right. So I was just like, I want to watch this, but I can't know that. And yeah. then, yeah, so it was hard to... I didn't watch Will and Grace until I was, like, an adult. I've never much. seen an episode. Yeah, I mean, I, I never got into it, to be honest. It's Karen's really good character. Well, now that I'm older, too, I didn't never really like sitcoms. Until yeah. now that I'm older, like, I'm like... Well, I liked Wings and Frasier. Uh-huh. I like Because <laughs> I was a child. <laughs> King of Queen... Pa- sidebar. Uh, Paige from Ellen reminds me of... Uh, Roz from Frasier. A little bit. Oh, yeah. yeah kind of the same vibe. Um, yeah. But King of... Not related to this at all. King of Queens is, I think, one of the best sitcoms. Obviously not Ros- Roseanne's never, number one. I may have seen some clips, but it I've never so seen it It is so funny. It yeah. is so funny. It's, it's like each episode is its own little, like, story. and there's it's, yeah. pretty, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's really good. Like, Leah Remini is like a, a warrior. Warrior. Fuck, that's a hard word. Oh, right. Yeah. She's an amazing yeah. human. Yeah. She's friends with J-Lo, who's now officially dating Ben Affleck now. Oh, uh, she was just seen with Mark Anthony. They were going on, on, a, on a friend date because they have kids. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> They'll end up together, because, like, you always go back, you know. But, um... I mean, I'm with you, though. Like, sitcoms weren't, like... I don't know. They're not generated for kids. That's true. So, that makes sense, you yeah. know. But I think sitcoms today are kind of bad. I don't even know any sitcoms, sitcoms that are hard. <laughs> like Big Bang Theory. Oh, no. You know, I, I, I mean, I, I feel like the peak of sitcoms was the 90s, maybe even early 2000s. But since then, I don't know. Yeah. So. I, I watched a few episodes because Blossom was added uh-huh. to Big Bang Theory. But even she's not. If Joey Lawrence was added, fuck yeah, I'd be watching that. <laughs> But, everybody's like you should like the show because you like comic books and stuff i'm like yeah but it's just they don't they don't, don't really talk about comic books yeah either. i don't know it's just yeah. i liked the kelly ripa vehicle from like kelly the mid- ripa? yeah hope and faith that one was good <laughs> okay i love kelly ripa it was calling me crazy but i love me some kelly ripa anyways um kathy lee's better but 
Well, that would be good to be. Well, episode. maybe we can have a discussion about best sitcoms because I don't know. I well, have some, Roseanne I have some is, strong opinions about, with the exception of Roseanne. That's the best sitcom. Okay. Well, well Cosby Show, go. <laughs> but <laughs> Cosby Show, watch it. You guys watch Cosby Show now. It's so fucking disgusting. When I was a kid, I watched the hell out of the Cosby we Show. We have the like edit this out, but Maria and I bought the the series like pre or on, after all after because <laughs> we know we'll never get to watch it again. It, but watching and it's it, like, really good. There's it's, a lot of innuendos yeah. about rape. Is there? Like, there's like, like not rape, but like uh, creepy uh-huh. sexual innuendos. And did you hear that um, OJ is giving? Cosby advice. I, I saw. I follow yeah. OJ on Twitter, and he's like, "Because yeah. uh, uh, Bill Cosby wouldn't take a class, yep. and, he could get and out." He's but... like, "I took classes for anything I could, you know." Yeah, he had. To, yeah, oh my gosh. Sidebar: OJ's not aging bad. No, not I'm at gonna all. Say he's like almost eighty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's not aging bad. It's funny. He, he apologized to his victim, not Nicole Brown, all that <laughs> stuff, but like the ones that he robbed. Yeah, he's like, "Sorry, I hurt you, and I stole, stole my." Stuff. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Uh, Which I do think he kind of got the wrong deal because he murdered people. Like he shouldn't got he shouldn't went to prison for as long as if he didn't murder anybody prior, he wouldn't have gone for that long. Yeah, and so I was like, that's kind of fucked up. But I guess it's comeuppance for. It's like cosmic karma. Yeah, Yeah. right. So I'm not like, damn it, OJ. OJ, free OJ. Not for the murder, but for the other thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He gets released and immediately hangs. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways. All right. Well, uh... <laughs> They're not gonna say it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no more OJ. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Jeff, thank you for sharing some of your coming out stories. Um, and, uh, I think you have a little bit of Do You Know It for us. Yeah. Do, 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 do you know it? Do, 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 do you know it? Quiz! Question one. The female John Stamos, Katie Lang, has had quite... <laughs> <laughs> has had quite the career in life. Which fact is untrue? A. Moved to Oregon in 2012. And that's where we live. Okay, B. Performed a cover of Red Hot Chili Peppers Under the Bridge. C. Sang a song in a Christmas special of Pee Wee's Playhouse. D. Won a Grammy for Country Album. Ooh, I'm gonna say the Moved to Oregon one. I'm gonna say C, the Pee Wee. I've never seen that show, so. No, okay. The one that's not true is the Red Hot Chili Peppers line. Damn. She moved to Oregon, so let's go get her. Or find, yeah. find her. Like, not, her not harm her, but I want to meet her. Let's find her to yeah. get her. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay. She was on Pee Wee's Playhouse, and she won an album, a uh, Grammy for an album, I guess. Country. I guess she does country. That's cool. That's cool. Um, I want to hear that now. Yeah. Um, okay. Two. What famous... What... Oh... Okay, <laughs> what famous one-time lesbian was wandering around the desert in a bra and shorts, knocked on a stranger's door, and began ranting about God and aliens following a 90s lesbian breakup? This is a pretty One-time easy. lesbian? Like, mm. out of fling? Yeah. Isn't real? Okay. Um, a, Rosie O'Donnell, B, Melissa Etheridge, C, Anne Heche, D, Ravensmoke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say Heche. I'm going to say B. Melissa Etheridge. Oh, no, no, no. Who's A? A is Rosie O'Donnell. So I guess I'm going to have to go Raven. You guys can use the you same can say person. Anne Hayes, too, if you think well, that's Well, Anne Hayes, isn't she married to Ellen? They, no, they, they, they were dated. together one time. Oh. So I'll, I'll stick with Raven. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you know that the first four questions don't matter. Um, okay. Um, it was Anne Hayes. Damn it. 
Um, <laughs> oh, correction. I've um, touched most ethers twice. That's cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, not to be a dick or anything, or to be a whatever. Mm-hmm. I get the most dirty-ass glares at Melissa Etheridge concerts mm. because I think that the lesbians think that like I shouldn't be there or I shouldn't be that close. Like, <laughs> you can be here, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah, like you can be here, but gays in back, lesbians in front, straights in the lobby. But, um, well, she is a, one of the best guitarists. She's a beautiful music. I don't know what anything. She's uh, fucking sexy as fuck. Um, anyways, okay. Her voice is amazing. So amazing. Yeah. I'll sit on her face. Okay. So, Anne Hayes isn't a real lesbian? Is that. I guess she's only that I, that I could find on the internet um, that she's a one-time lesbian. <laughs> I don't know if that's the. Or bisexual or. Yeah. Or I don't know. Or kind of how I'm a lesbian for Melissa Etheridge. Like, I would do it with Melissa Etheridge. <laughs> um, okay. Good to know. C. Or. Three. Let- <laughs> okay. Okay. There's these shirts that came out that say, like, uh, male scientist, because there's always, like, female guitarist or female scientist. Okay. This is kind of, like, where I should... This is not politically correct, so I'm sorry. Okay. Lesbian musician and... The- oh, here we go. Lesbian musician and the only woman I would want topping me, Melissa Etheridge, <laughs> asked what musician in the 90s to donate sperm to her and her wife to assist in creating a baby. A, David Crosby, B, John Popper, a blues traveler, C, Elton John, D, Bob Dylan. A. It's A. Yeah. Um, fun, this is not an appropriate one. Um, okay, he, David Crosby, appeared as Bonnie's husband in a few episodes of Roseanne, and his boneless children appeared in a turkey baster. nice yeah oh god there's an interview on howard stern with melissa etheridge and she goes into detail about how that happened Hmm. how she impregnated with uh her wife at the time anyways okay what are we at two one one one, two one two two to one okay four alleged lesbian ellen degeneres is (laughs) (laughs) is is related to which two famous people okay okay Um, A, Meghan Markle and Celine Dion. Okay. B, Madonna and Kate Middleton. C, Sarah McLaughlin and Tim McGraw, who I think would do a good duet. Uh, Um, okay. D, Justin Bieber and Billie Jean King. Wow. I guess I'll go C. Uh, I guess I'll go B. B. Is it? Yeah. She's 11th Cousins with Madonna and 15th Cousins with Kate Middleton and I put on here, any cousin after your second is good to go. Um, <laughs> and, um, after your second. Um, <laughs> and then what I put... Okay. You made that note. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's great. Oh, okay. This is not even... This is a different thing. Okay. This one's worth 16 points. Okay. okay. This on. is not... Uh, I didn't do objective this time either. Oh. Okay. So in this round, let's see if these directions work. In this round, we will go back and forth na- naming gay women celebrities. We will begin with the person with the most points. Oh, so we just list as many as we can? Yeah. I love this. Okay. okay until so until has, someone can't list it? Yeah. Who has the most points right now? I do. Okay. Allie, name a lesbian. <laughs> Anne Heche. Okay. That's a one time. Okay. Count. Okay. I'm going to say Ellen. <laughs> okay. Good choice. Okay. Melissa Etheridge. Katie Lang. Oh, you okay? Uh, Portia de Rossi. Hold on, hold on. 
and I'm out. It can be, it can be any lesbian. Any lesbian that he just knows? Not famous? Or... I... <laughs> Jeff, I, Jeff, I don't see color and I don't see sexual orientation. So... I like that. <laughs> oh, God. I, I don't... No, it's okay. There's really hmm. not that many, is there? Who can I name? Like, who did you last name? Yeah, who? Portia de Rossi. Do, do we? Do you know who that is? Uh, I don't know who that is. Arrested Development. Arrested Development. Why can't I remember her name? <laughs> <laughs> she was in Ally McBeal, which I doubt you watch. But um, did you watch Ally McBeal? No, I just remember that SNL clip when they go, "I think Ally McBeal needs an Ally McMeal." Oh yeah, she's uh, she's skinny. And then he goes, "I don't like my women unless they can fit in an envelope," and she's oh. almost there. <laughs> yeah, she's so, so small. Um, I knew a girl that looked so much like her. No joke. Her name's Cricket. And I would tell her all the time, like, you look like Allie McBeal. And she would be like, I don't know who that is. And that's the story. Do you Can want... you name another lesbian, Jeff? Did you already name, uh, well, Billie Jean King. Billie Jean King. Okay. Mm-hmm. Kristen Stewart. I don't know who that is. Uh, Kristen Stewart? Like, Twilight. Twilight. Oh, she, she always like, she's gonna throw up. Yeah. Sarah she's always like, ugh. Oh, she's a lesbian, yeah. Janelle Monae. I don't know who that is. Oh, yeah, yeah, she's a lesbian? Huh, go figure. Also, um, what happens, somebody has their phone out. Oh, oh. Emmett would um, not be. Sarah Paulson's <laughs> lesbian uh, girlfriend uh-huh. um, from, from Two and a Half Men, the grandma. Yeah. That's a mismatched couple, but. Um, anyways, but I knew Kristen Stewart before I started looking up. I can't mm. name any other lesbians. Huh, oh, wait. But yeah, so Allie won. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I do like objective ones, but I guess that that's fun. a great one. That's a good idea. That's, that's good. a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. cool. Gay. I'll, I'll do trans ones next time, and it'll be like three. <laughs> <laughs> Chaz Bono. Oh yay! <laughs> Anyways, Laverne Cox. Yeah. See, now we're there. We go. <laughs> uh, all right. Cool. Well, Caitlyn Jenner. No, 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 I we, we don't claim her. She's kicked out. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right, Andy. I hate Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah, fuck her. <laughs> uh, you got a then and now? I do. I yeah, have a yeah. then and now. This is 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 then and now. This. Is then and now. So since Ellen owned a bookstore and then she was a manager of a bookstore, I thought, why not do Barnes & Noble for a then and now? Yeah. Uh, so I did a little research on <clears throat> like how many stores they had, what their revenue was. Um, so I'll just do a quick, uh, some quick numbers here. Um, in 1991, they had 1,343 stores. 20 years later, they had, in 2011, they had 1,341 stores. So they're already in the decline by two. <laughs> and then the, uh, I couldn't find anything for 2020 or 2021, but in 2019, they only have 627 stores. So they've cut in half from their peak, which their peak was about 2010-ish. Um, but when this episode came out, their revenue at the time was $2.7 billion. Oh. Yeah. And then about 10 years later, it went down to $1.5 billion. And then it spiked, but I think it was more of a spike to do with land, like the land they owned. But and then 2010, another five years, it was five billion. And then 2012, their peak was seven billion revenue. And then here's where the decline starts. So 2015, they go to 4.2 billion, and as of 2019, they are at 3.5 billion dollars in their yearly revenue, which still seems like a lot. But when you're at seven and you're cut in half, you know that's that's huge. 
Um, and I think the only reason why they still have that revenue is because they were sold to a hedge fund company um, called Elliott Advisors, and they were sold for $600 million. So, um, But I think the decline, and I think we could talk maybe about why we think the decline is happening, and I think mainly it's because of Amazon and the internet. Mm-hmm. Really? See, I, th- I would have thought the decline would have started way earlier. Same. Yeah. Yeah, it's and amazing. I think... It's but, probably because partly like borders close before that, mm-hmm. and maybe Barnes & Noble is a little more... Uh, well-known bookstore than maybe Borders was. Right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, maybe that's why they held on a little longer. Yeah. And I think, too, and I, about 10, 10, 11 years ago, we had the internet, but it wasn't like we have now because we didn't have smartphones. So I think, you know, 10, 12 years ago when they were basically at their peak, you still had to go online, go to the website. They didn't have easy shipping. It still took weeks to get the books. Yeah. So I think it was like the... There's, I think there's still a small percentage of like real reading fans that still go to Barnes and Noble, but I think the casual fan, if they do want to get a book, they're just going to go to Amazon. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, now Amazon has the nerve to open physical big bookstores. Right. Again, yeah. Which is ridiculous. I can't do like the Roku things, or not Roku. What the fuck's it called? Nook. Oh, oh Nook. Yeah, yeah. I like to feel the tangible right. book. But the yeah. only time I go to Barnes and Noble is to get like Starbucks or poop. Exactly. Like, that's yeah. like, <laughs> well, last time I went to Barnes and Noble, I remember it was huge. It was like a warehouse. Yeah, they're massive. Yeah, and there's only like two me stories. and maybe two other like shoppers there, and there yeah. was like 20 employees though. And then, so this is a few of the things I think they should do to fix it. I think they need to, of course, bring the stores way smaller, make it more of a comfort, com- comfortable thing. And then I think they need to get celebrities. Maybe one celebrity a month say, hey, you should read this book. Because last time I went to Barnes & Noble... Buy my book. (laughs) Buy my book. (laughs) Last time I went to Barnes & Noble, it said, Chad uh, recommends this book. Susan recommends... Mm. I don't know who the fuck these people are. Why do I care what they're recommending? (laughs) Just because they work here? (laughs) Yeah, I don't care, you know. It's not a blockbuster. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, get rid of, uh, like, most of the employees. And I think they really need to focus on kids sections again. Because when my daughters were younger, we'd love to go to the bookstore. We'd look for books for an hour or two, buy four, four or five books, you know, read later. But when I was a kid and I lived in Florida... Once a week, they had a child, like, you could hang out. All these kids came, and they had different, like, activities you could do. You could rent free books and everything, and then the parents were there. They would buy a book while the kids were doing other things. So that's one uh, thing I think they should do. I know they're kind of adapting by, like, getting into sort of the collectibles and gaming, too. Yeah. They sell a lot of tabletop board game stuff and, like, Funkos and that kind of thing. So that's one way they're trying to stay afloat. Um, (laughs) are Are you a fan of Pete Holmes? Uh, no okay well he's got this hilarious bit about like he was he was like in this really sketchy town and to get out of it he just put in his gps barnes and noble because <laughs> that town wouldn't have one 15 minutes later i had a scone like, <laughs> that's like funny that. yeah um so they have a new chief executive uh for barnes and noble his name is james daunt and he decided he's going to completely switch up what made barnes and noble so big so now this is what he said he's going to do uh, he's looking to empower individual store managers to curate their shelves based on local tastes, hmm. which is genius. Uh, so instead of having a McDonald's approach to where no matter which Barnes and Noble you go to, they will have a different vibe to each one. I wrote that. That's not what he said. <laughs> uh, and I personally, that's a good idea. Uh, I don't know if it'll work. Amazon is making anything like that impossible, but it is funny to think that Amazon started as a book yeah <laughs> online bookstore yeah, you definitely forget that like that's how they got going yeah um 
Yeah, I just would say buy local if you can. Yeah, and there's so many times where I'm like, I'm like, oh, I really want this comic book, and I check on Amazon. I'm like, ah, I'll just go to Tony's Kingdom of Comics in yeah. Kaiser. So if you're you listening can, and you want comic books, go to Tony's. It's you awesome. go to like Powell's, uh, Powell's dot com, yeah. and you know, buy it online because that's how a lot of these independent bookstores now are sell. You know, they're selling stuff online to keep up with it. So. And yeah. you'll save money too because on Amazon, when you put something in your cart it suggests other things for you to right. get and then you're like oh i need those twinkle lights or yeah. i need that lava lamp you know which i do i know, <laughs> uh, yeah. Buys. Oh. but yeah if you, yeah uh, ali said it perfectly just but try to buy local uh, i think stan lee said it great too when he's talking about comic books uh he goes yeah comic books look cool on a computer screen just like boobs but me personally i like to have them in my hands <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's awesome yeah so. well also too with like amazon specifically like those digital books you don't own those forever like you don't buy it and then you get to keep it like oh. they can lose the rights to them and then you just don't get that book anymore another thing i when i was doing research from 2012 ish they were super into nook mm-hmm. like all like because you can find all of their stock stuff uh, for their uh investors Every year is just kind of normal, and then like 2012, like 2015, it was like we're we're really into this nook, and it's like I don't think it's working because <laughs> your revenue just keeps going down. Well, I went to that book. I told a story so many times. The bookstore downtown Salem, and I got Jane Fonda's autobiography. It was signed by her and a program of when she spoke at like a college or something. That's cool. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, Jane like Fonda. Howells in Portland will have signed books. I know. I want. I wanted to go to Jimmy Carter, but like, yeah. I, it was like four hours before, and it was the line was already. Like, oh, when he was there. Yeah, he went to sign Field his book. Was in Portland recently. Like oh, her I'd book like came to see out. Sally Field. So it was uh, Lauren Conrad. She was um, at Clackamas like I don't know, five to ten years ago. Yeah. From the hills. The hills. Oh God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, that wraps up episode one of Pride Month. We hope you'll stick around all month for more LGBTQ 90s episodes. And in the meantime, you can reach us via email at notablenostalgia at bigdoorprize.com or you can find us on all of our social pages with links in the show notes. And if you have time, leave us a five-star review so that others can find us as well. Until next time, I'm Alex. I'm Andy D. Rossi. I'm so nice. I'm Jeff. <laughs> Notable Nostalgia is a production of Big Door Prize Creations. It's mixed and edited by Andy Lipsy. Our theme song was created by Isabella Noche Martins, and our logo was created by Aaron Uggock. If you enjoyed this episode, why not leave a five-star review? It helps us get the word out. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, and join our Facebook group to share your 90s experiences. Until next time, this has been Notable Nostalgia.